reading from Revelation chapter 3, verses 19 to 22. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. second reading is Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. The Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Um, The theme for today is based on the theme of Spring Harvest. Uh, this year, which was Game Changers. And um, one of the first things I did this morning, because I'm a bit of a sad person like this, is I switched my phone on. I checked my emails. And I checked Facebook. I can't help it. It's an addiction I have. I don't drink much, but I'm addicted to Facebook. And the first thing Facebook says... Anybody else on Facebook? Anybody else on Facebook? There's a few of us, yeah? One of the first things Facebook seems to be doing these days is reminding you of things that's happened in the past. Your fifth anniversary, your first anniversary or something. And surprisingly, because here I am now on the 10th of April, there's an awful lot of spring garbage keeps on going back in my past. Going back for way, way back. Remember this at Spring Harvest. Remember that? I go, oh yeah, 2014. Oh yeah, 2013. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just go back and back and back. But I don't want to speak too much about Facebook. I'm a bit pleased to be here. I will mention Spring Harvest once or twice today. I'm not going to talk about mountains. And I promise I won't mention first aid once. Okay? Or maybe twice. This year's theme, Game Changers. It refers to us all being game changers. Every single person in this room, every single person of the faith, game changers. Jesus wants us to game change. He wants us to make a difference. The big commission that was given to the men, those 11 on the mountain, 
2,000 years ago was tell them, I want you to change the world. I'm going now. Here's a job. Convert a planet. Game changers. I'm just bringing others to talk about what is that. It will be raised now, once or twice. And I also will mention it again, possibly, when I'm back again at the end of May. Important stuff. Those little things we do in our lives, little things we do in our communities. That's what I'm bringing out and pushing for. When I was thinking about what I was going to do for this service, um, it was quite early, late on at night or early on in the morning, depends where you view things. It was probably around about half past 11, maybe 12 o'clock at night. As I'm going to sleep, and what was given to me was, believe it or not, children's games. Now, you'd be, you would be happy to know I'm not having you doing children's games there. It was children's games that we played. Because I was thinking, some anniversary of mine way, way, way back, like probably half a century or so ago, the games we used to play as kids. These aren't games that we play football and cricket. These are games we play in the street. These are street games. These are games we played relentlessly. There's not much in the way of actual numbers. They can range from four to 200 in the game. Massive numbers. And I bet you can all remember at least some of these. We played hide and seek. Has everyone played hide and seek as kids? You all of them, weren't you? You played hide and seek outside. And you go, one person will be it. The rest of you go and shoot off somewhere, go and hide. We played kickball hide. Anyone play kickball hide? You may call it kick the can. Kick the can. Same thing, you kick the ball, and when. You run away, everyone else clears off, and you've got to go and find them. The people go in the little jails in the background there somewhere, and they can be, can be broken out by somebody kicking the can or kicking the ball again, and the game can last forever. It can last forever, and it can sometimes be just boring. The best thing about these games is they have minimal equipment. They actually come from the 1930s, if not earlier. They come from a time when people had nothing. In fact, what it might have will be a canter kick or a football. Minimal, rule, minimal sort of requirements, maximizing the involvement of the kids. Another one we used to play, we used to play TIG. You all played TIG, yeah. I saw a game with TIG. Would you believe it? I'm not going to mention this. A couple of weeks back, I take a course. I didn't mention there. First day word. That's a course. Teague being played at break time in a group of 16-year-old guides in Liverpool playing Teague. I thought, you never get too old to play Teague. I'm not having a Teague game being played today. Don't worry about it. Another game we used to play as kids was a game called something like, I think it was called Rally Belio. This was massive. This would be played in a community as big as Birchwood, maybe Locking Stumps, 
huge game. It could range from 20 kids to hundreds of kids. You split into two parties. You go out. You try and catch the others. It's again battle wall sort of thing. Nothing too major on it. It will start straight after tea and finish when it's time to go home. And in some places, it comes from the States, in some places, the game will be played on night in, night out for weeks. It's a constant running game. So what am I talking these games for? One thing is, they're games that are passed on. There's no written rules. You can go on Wikipedia and check out. There'll be rules that people have written for them. There's no written rules for these. These are all being verbally translated. How many people are school teachers here? Or working TAs? Right. Children's play games in playgrounds. That's passed down for decades. There's no rules for them. These are games have been passed down for decades. And in some cases, we might be talking centuries. No rules. Nothing written down. But still rules. Still rules apply. Life is sometimes referred to as a game. Uh, we had a board game uh, a few years back called The Game of Life. Remember that one? I think I played it about three times and got bored with it. It's an impressive game. And it's all about, you know, you're being born, you go out there, you get a job, good education, get a job, earn money, have kids, have insurance policies, uh, buy morg- have mortgages, do well, be successful or not be successful, blah, 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 blah. Nothing mentions people all dying. Because that's not part of the game, but not really. But it's also focused on what you can achieve. The financial side of things. The efficiency. The, the, the things you can gain. It's no surprise it came from America in the 18th, 19th century, mid-19th century. It's so focused on that kind of thing. It's like Monopoly, but not as much fun. Life is not a game. But sometimes people play it like it is. Jesus came to change the game rules. It wasn't to be focused on achievements. It wasn't to be focused on money. It wasn't to be focused on what you can gain for yourselves. Jesus came to change the game rules. To say to the people at that time, those rules you've got, these are the real rules. Two rules. Love God. Love everybody else. Two rules. He came to change those rules. And on that mountainside that we read about in Matthew 28, on that mountainside, he commissioned 11 disciples. Some worshipped him, some still had doubts. 
They still had doubts. This is after his resurrection. They've seen him resurrected. They've had meals with the man after he's been resurrected. They've been talking to him for 40 days, and some of them still had doubts. And he commissioned them. That, and through them, those original 11, to us, the commission he gave to the heaven is given to us as well. To go out and change the rules. To go out and change the rules. Be game changers. That this, um, last week's Essential 100, we've been talking about revelations. Um, the um, seven churches. These seven churches were game changers. Seven churches probably established about 40, 50 years after the resurrection. There's people in those churches which are game changers. And Jesus' revelation to John, which we call Revelation, Jesus' revelation to John, and those letters to the seven churches the seven game-changing churches is what we've been talking about. Now, what I was going to do, thinking about it, was spend the next 25 minutes doing a detailed description and reading of those, of those three chapters of Revelations so we can really try to expand what the churches did. But I thought that could be quite a long service to go through Revelations 1, 2, and 3. But those are seven churches. That, that dot on the left hand side is not a church. That's the island of Patmos. So that's where John is. John's looking at the sea, from the sea. And he's looking towards the seven churches. So Patmos is there. First one across the road from him is Ephesus. Now, I'm going to do it different this time. Rather than go through ins and outs, ups and downs about various churches, because I know you've all read these passages, and if not, you can go back and read Revelations 1, 2, and 3. I thought it would be a good idea to try and do this, like an Ofsted report. All right? Ofsted report. Um. And the Ofsted, four categories. Category one is outstanding. There's very few skills managed to pull that one off. Category two is good. Category three is requires improvement. And the fourth one is inadequate. This one comes as a shock to you. Not all seven churches have incredibly good bonus pluses. In fact, only two of them come out really good on top. So, can we have the first one, please? Which would be Ephesus. Ephesus requires improvement. It is a church which is quite strong. It has a strong faith. It has dealt with several problems. It's dealt and dealt with a heresy that's taking place in the area, not just at Ephesus, but in several other churches. But and God and Revelation pointed this out, it's lost its first love. 
which is a link to that. I choose a link to the first. That's what I'm talking to Fellowship's first love. What's Ephesus' first love? What's the church's first love? Jesus. The Ephesians have lost their first love, and it's one of these loves you don't really want to lose. Ephesus has lost its first love. I don't know what it means by that. It could be the fact that the church itself is just getting more focused in its ologies, its rules, its setup, what the pews look like, what we're having for our meals, whatever it is. I'm missing the big point, missing the elephant in the room, missing that Jesus bit. And, and John says, you've got to get that sorted out. You're not a bad church, but you've got to get that bit sorted out. So, Ephesus, inadequate. Next one, please. This is, let me see if I can pronounce it. I'll try my best pronunciation, please. I reckon it's uh, Simna. It's actually, in modern Turkey, Izmir, big airport. It was flying today. It gets outstanding. It gets outstanding because it's not a wealthy church. It's a poor church. It's been persecuted. And it's got to get more persecution. But it's keeping strong to the faith. Remember, these are all the churches that John was writing this, probably by AD 90. These churches were established for four generations, four or five generations. These were established when Paul went out on the first missions, probably AD 50, 60. So these churches have been going for 40 years. How long has this church been here in Birchwood? Best part of 40 years. Yeah, best part of 40 years. So these churches have been established for about the same period of time as what we've been re-established there in Birchwood. About 40 years. Similar gets an outstanding. It's going well. It's suffering. It's putting up with it. It's keeping true to its faith. Next one. All right. Pergamum requires improvement, and it requires improvement because, you know, it's doing its best. It's had a bit of persecution, a lot of persecution. A man there was executed. Paul refers, uh, John refers to him. man was executed there. It's referred to as a place where Satan has his throne. Not the church. The town. Imagine living in a town where John says, that's where Satan has his, his throne. That's where Satan's living. And you're in a church where Satan's doing quite well, thank you very much. So, not surprisingly, that church is coming for a bit of persecution. It's also got a bit of heresies kicking place. It mentions two heresies taking the church. Dodgy teaching. And in that case, it requires some improvement. Next one, please. All right, Phaeacia. All right, this place, very similar. 
still doing, it's still, John says, I know what you're doing it. You're doing well. You're trying hard. You're trying hard here. But you've got issues still. He refers to a particular one. A woman that's causing all kinds of grief in the place. I guess it's been, it's quite some pleasant parts where it says, oh, smite down your children and all kinds of things. That church requires improvement. Next one, please. Sardis. Well, I reckon Sardis is inadequate. This one has a reputation of being a live church. But John says, yo, dead. Awake. Wake up, Sardis. You've got a reputation of being a great place, but you can't work on your reputation. You can't manage on reputation alone. I'm not seeing anything from you now. Wake up. Get back to roots. Next one, please. Philadelphia. This is another. This isn't Philadelphia in the States, by the way. This is Philadelphia in Turkey. This is another church which is down for its outstanding. And it's outstanding. It's not a, not a powerful church. It's not a wealthy church. It's got a growing church and it's a loving church. Right down to its theme. This church is referred to, and I picked this out reading wise, because I can't remember all the words. This one. Right, these are the words of. um, of, who holds the key of David? Who's referring to Jesus? What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. This one, Jesus has an open door policy, and no one can shut it. This is this church, which is so linked up. Remember, we talked about Ephesus. If you've got your first love, this church is so linked up. Jesus says that door open. That door is open. And it can't be closed. Pretty powerful stuff. That's that church. And the other one, uh, last one. Uh, Ladies here. Inadequate. This is the one a lot of churches will preach on forever and a day. This is the one that's neither hot nor cold, that's lukewarm, that we spit out of his mouth. The big problem this church has got is that it's quite wealthy and thinks it's got no problem. Everyone's perfectly well fed, nice clothes, lovely pews, cracking church, you know, regular socials. People don't actually talk at these socials. They just sort of brag about how much clothing they've got and how much money they've got and how well things they're doing. This church, Jesus says to them, with your money, I want you to buy refining gold. I want you to buy 
white clothing. I want you to come back to me. Forget about the things you've got. I want you to come back to me. I think what's important in all these is that none of them, even the inadequate ones, which is way down in the Ofsted reports, none of them are unreachable. None of them have gone for lost. None of them have failed. They may well be failing a bit. None of them have failed. John's reminding people, I want you to do this. Jesus wants this from you. Every single one of these churches can be working towards the outstanding and can achieve the outstanding one. Every single one of them, Jesus is saying, every single one of you, you're all reachable. You're all able to be brought up. Can I have the uh, next slide, please? I haven't used the traditional one we show. The traditional one we have is an old number picture, which I think is difficult to see sometimes. I did like that nice simple door. That nice simple feature. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my advice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. That's given the last one. That's given the same chapter as the, as the, as the one to uh, Church of Light, uh, Laodicea. The one that's lukewarm. But that's a message to all the churches. Here I am. If that door's not open because I left it open for you, I want you to knock on that door. Knock on that door and open it and I'll come in. When I come in, it's all sorted. When I come in, I'm not going out again. If you're one of these guests, I come to the door, Come and sits on every meal. He didn't say, I come down, eat with a person, and they with me. He didn't say, and then I'm going to go home. He didn't say, I'm going to call it quits now. I'm like, nice. And, and we all go, you know, it's a lovely person, but you know, I'm glad he's going home. He's got home. When he opens that door, when that door's opened, he is home. That's where he wants to be with us. That door's opened. He doesn't say, right, I'll see you then. I'll call again this week. Sunday, about half past ten. Oh, it's, trans- it's Thomas Risley. We'll make it quarter to eleven. <laughs> All right. He's here. When he comes through that door, he stayed here. That door's open now. It's one of these things you can always get his draft. He's always been blowing in. I'm not going to ask what kind of church you think Thomas Wesley is. Whether it's God, whether it requires improvement, whether it's outstanding, whether it's inadequate. I personally think it's somewhere in the good band most of the time. 
on a very badly three-week days. It might be, you know, in need, requires improvement. But I don't think that's the case here. I've been most of the time this church is in a good band. It might not be outstanding yet. There's always room for improvement. If Sardis can get outstanding, you know what? So can we. We just need to keep that door open. Keep on talking with him. Keep on following his lead. Keep on working on being his game changers. That's the end of the talk.